Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the week. Sanctioned by Steel City Collectibles. And now, this is the moment sports card fans listening around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Bringing collectors everywhere up-to-date industry news, giving the inside scoop on product releases, it's the Steel City Scoop! All right, good morning, everybody. This is the first episode of the Steel City Scoop. This is a podcast brought to you by Steel City Collectibles, and a lot of you guys already know that we have a WordPress blog, Steel City Scoop, uh, give you guys all kinds of news on releases, sports information, um, just anything related to the hobby, and now we're going to take it a little, kind of a step further, bring you a podcast every week. Uh, We're going to try to do it every Friday, this being the first one. Uh, We're kind of, I'm just going to go solo today no guests or anything like that. But in the future, we are going to try to include um, guests from manufacturers, you know, magazines, people in the hobby, in the industry, new, old, current, uh, just all walks of life from the hobby, just to give you a kind of a wide range of guests, listening material, you know, for your job to work, listening at work, you know, whatever you guys like to do. Um, Something new for us, something we definitely wanted to have done for a while, uh, or at least get started for a while, and we're going to start today. This is, like I said, episode number one. Just going to kind of go over some basic things today, talk about the draft a little bit, talk about National Baseball Card Day, which was not announced, but we got some more details from Tops yesterday. Um, And actually, one of the posts that I wrote earlier in the week about – actually, not a post. It was a poll that I put up about – the rookie of the year. There were some early voting results from some MLB voters. They weren't named, but there were about 40 voters that went through and picked who they would pick, uh, selected who they would, you know, choose as rookie of the year if the award was announced today or at the day that it was uh, recorded. So a few things that we'll go over. Like I said, just real brief, kind of almost like a test run, just to make sure all the kinks are worked out. Um, hopefully in the future we will have some call-in episodes, some some chats live, uh, so you can ask guests questions and ask me questions. Um, anything you guys want to talk about, let me know. It's you know it's never out of the question as far as whether or not we can use it as a topic or a talking point. You know, with a particular guest that's on the show that day. Want to go ahead and get some stuff out of the way. As always, our social, you can get us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Usually it's SCC Trading Cards. It's SCC Trading Cards for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, for Facebook, it's Still City Collectibles dash SCC Trading Cards. But actually, if you guys aren't aware yet, we do have the WordPress blog where we put out all kinds of information, uh, product release, you know, just tips and news and things that are going on in the hobby 
that actually is a very convenient way to get your news. You can actually get emails every time we post an article. So it makes it very convenient for any reader. You don't have to go and search out that search out the information. You know, it comes directly to your phone or your PC, however you get your email and however you read it uh, the most. Usually looking two to three uh, posts per day, depending on how busy it is. You know, some days are obviously busier than others. Um, yesterday was kind of a lighter day. I think we had two. You know, there's been a couple of days where we had four or five, but it just kind of depends on what's going on in the hobby and what's relevant. So definitely check out the WordPress blog. It's steelcityscoop.com, but that is um, the best way to get your news right now. There's a subscribe button on the right side where all you do is you you click it. I think you input your email address and then you can uh, receive email updates every time we post something. If it does get to be, you know, you don't like getting every email, you can change your preferences and, you know, dictate how you would like to get those. So it's very convenient. Um, it's something that I've done with other blogs. I love it because I don't have to do any of the work. Everything comes to me. So definitely something to look into. Uh, we would appreciate any of the follows. Uh, we've done, I want to say two, eh, not two, maybe three to four weeks of the blog. I think it's been about a month now. It started towards the end of May. Um, we've gotten some really good feedback from listeners or excuse me, from readers about some of the topics, um, some of the giveaways, you know, seems like it's been some very relevant information, but if you are a new reader, you haven't checked it out yet, please check it out over the weekend. Let us know, you know, what you, what you like, what you don't, what you'd like to see. Um, that feedback will go a long way into making it a better kind of a one-stop shop for all the hobby news and information. So the first thing I want to talk about today is the NBA draft. I think I'm not a huge, huge NBA fan at the moment. Um, I was definitely a basketball kid growing up in the nineties with the Hornets and the Spurs and, you know, guys like Larry Johnson and Matumbo and David Robinson um, started to get back into it a little bit recently and started paying attention actually to this draft just because the number one seemed like it was such a lock, at least number one, number two, um, as expected, number one pick was DeAndre Ayton from Arizona and me being an Oregon fan, I've watched a few games with Arizona and Oregon and Bill Walton usually was the announcer of those games and or color commentator and, you know, DeAndre Ayton has to be Bill Walton's favorite player. You know, you heard about this guy across the country, ESPN, all the takes. And I don't think there was any, any doubt in anybody's mind that he was going to go number one. Um, to me, the best player was probably Luka Dolchik that went to the Dallas Mavericks actually after the trade. Not surprised that he went number three, uh, but I am – a little surprised that he didn't I don't know to me he didn't get as much credit as he deserved just because of his age and coming from overseas but did go to Dallas Mavericks um, in my opinion he is a cross between Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Williams the old Sacramento Kings point guard kind of a weird combination but after seeing some of the highlights and some of the things he does very good shooter ball handler um, and then we'll throw in, you know, the behind the back pass or, you know, the no looks here and there. So 
going to be an interesting player. See how he performs in Dallas. Um, you know, with Nowitzki being the veteran there, they they are used to the uh, the overseas talent. So definitely, I think a good good market for him, a good team. We'll see how he does in his first year, but uh, I would say he's probably going to be at least top one or two vote getters for rookie of the year. Um, but actually wanted to talk a little bit more, I think about the top story coming out of the draft. And I'm going to actually play a little clip for you guys. So you guys, so you can see the excitement of when this pick was announced. With the 10th pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Mikael Bridges from Villanova University. And some Sixer fans in the house. Tom McHale's mom, Tanisha Rivers, who was fired up about this pick. Since 2008, Dante DiVincenzo's college teammate awaiting to hear his name called. Since 2008, Bridges is the ninth four-year college player to make it into the top ten. He continually improved. He was a third-team All-American last year, as Jay mentioned, a two-time national champion. It comes out of the culture, Jay, that you have referred to. So that was the 10th pick. The 76ers had that 10th pick, and they picked Mikel Bridges. And I don't think it was really a surprise to anybody that they picked him. You know, I put a post up of you know, our mock draft and what we thought might happen with the top 10 picks. A lot of them were on par, but I don't, you know, a lot of them weren't going to be a surprise either. This pick uh, was the one that I put in for the 76ers. I thought for sure they were going to pick Mikel Bridges, hometown boy. His mom works for the organization. Uh, went to Villanova. He's from the area. You know, it's a no-brainer. The fans are going to be happy. The player is going to be happy. You know, and of course the parents are going to be happy. His mom, uh, being an employee of the 76ers, you know, the surprise came later um, after, you know, his interview and his press conference and saying how – how happy he was to be for that, to be a part of that team and to go forward. And he, you know, he grew up watching the team and just his love for the 76ers came out in all those interviews. And then to find out, and I think if I had the timing correct, I think he was traded during or right at the end of one of his press conferences where he was talking about how happy and excited he was, you know, To me, I think the 76ers come out with a negative light out of this trade. Uh, you know, I, I understand that it's a business and it's an organization that's trying to do the best thing for their team. But, you know, m maybe wait and make the trade later. But I understand it was for picks, so they couldn't. Um, but even, you know, maybe make that pick that the other team wanted. Just never make the trade even happen. You know, I don't know the timing and the logistics of the trade between all the teams involved, but I think the 76ers probably did more harm than good with that whole process. Um, he was eventually traded to the Suns. So he's going to go to a team, you know, somewhat rebuilding at the number one pick with DeAndre Ayton. He's going to go where the focus is going to be on the younger guys with Ayton there. 
Um, he's probably going to get some playing time right off the bat. It's still a good situation for him, but I can understand how heartbroken he's going to be, you know, at least for a little while. I would imagine his first game back in Philadelphia, it, you know, it's hard to even say his first game back, but I think his first game in Philadelphia, technically as a former member of the organization, I think that crowd will just erupt for him. I think they will give him a huge ovation and appreciate, you know, what they could have had. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. See if he uh, proves to be worthy of the number 10 pick, whether it's for the Suns or anybody else, you know, or if it would have been for the 76ers. But I think his his first year and his first few weeks of of playing will determine that negative aspect of whether or not, you know, the fans are bitter about that trade, you know, and, and for how long. So it'll definitely be an interesting uh, time for Mikel Bridges going forward. Uh, other top 10 picks. I don't think anything was really a surprise. Um, Bomba going to Orlando magic. You know, I wrote yesterday that I thought he reminded me of the Kimbe Matumbo, you know, and I think it's kind of fitting that it's, it's not Matumbo, but you know, a dominating center is going to go to the Orlando magic. And, you know, the last time that happened, it was Shaquille O'Neal and then, yeah. Anthony Hardaway eventually came along, but, you know, that center started the role for the Magic, at least putting them into contention for a few seasons. Um, Trey Young, drafted by Dallas, but went to Atlanta. You know, he was part of the trade for Luka Doncic. Um, Not surprised at the trade, Um, I guess. I think I was personally a little bit surprised that he went five. I thought he would go more like a seven or an eight. Um, I really thought – I think the Cavaliers would have taken him if he was still there, but I didn't think anybody was going to take him, at least until the Bulls. Um, I really thought the Bulls or the Cavaliers were going to end up with Trey Young. You know, when one thing for me, being in this area, uh, actually from the Morgantown area – of West Virginia. So for me, one person that I liked to, I liked seeing getting drafted was Javon Carter. You know, he became known for his defense on Trey Young, you know, throughout this, this last season. But Javon Carter, second round, second pick to the Memphis Grizzlies, um, that will be somebody that I will personally be paying attention to. Um, besides Luca and Mikel, that's now with the Suns, I will be paying attention to Vaughn Carter. I don't think he's going to contend or anything like that for Rookie of the Year. really surprise anybody, but, you know, for me, it's a local guy. Um, it's not very often that a West Virginia player goes in the NBA draft, let alone becomes a star or a regular on a team. So, to me, that's interesting. That'll be what I'm kind of looking at and the three players that I'll be following this year. Uh want to move right along. Tops actually announced earlier in the season, you know, that they were going to have a national baseball baseball card day again. This will be the third year of the reincarnation. They had it back early in 
the two early 2000s uh, for a couple of years, I believe, but all the brands were involved. Fleer, um, Upper Deck, Tops. I can't remember if uh, Pacific was in there. I believe Don Russell was in there. You know, but now it's a Tops alone promotion. Uh, like I said, this is the third year. Basically, what they're going to do is repeat last year, update card designs, new players featured, but basically the same premise for the promotion. Um, it is on, actually, there's two days. So the first day is going to be Saturday, August 11th. And what that day is, that is kind of the kickoff to the promotion, um, the formal kickoff at least. And I'll kind of explain what I mean by that a little bit here in a second. But Saturday, August 11th is National Baseball Card Day. You know, participating hobby shops will be giving away specially produced cards for the event. Um, and that card that – so there's one card on the 11th and one card on the 25th. And the way that it works is to get packs of the National Baseball Card Day cards, you essentially just have to visit hobby shops that are participating. No special requirements for the packs. Um, they're giving them out to visitors of hobby shops as a way to get people back, as to get people, you know, an extra trip to the store. You know, any kind of marketing to get foot traffic, you know, they want to bring in younger collectors, obviously. They want to bring in collectors that have left the hobby. And then they also want to get those people that, you know, maybe go once every three to six months, they want them to make that special trip to, you know, one hobby shop or, you know, myself a few years ago, I went to a handful as kind of like, well, this is going to, this is a reason for me to visit a couple different stores. But August 11th, you get your cards, you get your pack, but also if you spend $10 towards participating tops products, and I don't know offhand, if it has to be particular products or if it's going to be tops products, baseball products, of course, that are decided upon at each hobby shop. However, if they spend $10 on those tops products that qualify, they can get a number one Aaron judge card. So it's the number one card in the set. It's kind of like last year when they did it, uh, I believe last year was Mike Trout. And the year before was Chris Bryant, if I do remember correctly. Um, but they've kind of taken it a step further this year. If you go back two weeks later on August 25th and do the same thing, spend $10 on qualifying tops baseball products, you will actually get the Reese Hoskins card. Um, I don't know what card number that is. I would think maybe that's probably, if I was doing it, that would be the last card. So you get the first and the last card by visiting the hobby shops, but I'm not sure. The only one I know for sure of is that Aaron Judge is number one. Also similar to last year, though, with this promotion, there will be stadium giveaways for each Major League Baseball team. So what that means is each Major League Baseball team will have a promotion announced, you know, on their website, if you go to the websites for each of the teams, you can check schedules. And then most of them has, have a designated tab for uh, like the 2018 promotional calendar or 2018 promotions and giveaways. 
So what you do is you'll check that. You can check the dates of each team as to when they're giving the cards away. And they are going to be giving cards away similar to the hobby shops. They will be giving away packs of tops cards. Um, I believe it's going to be six cards per pack at both the stadium and at the hobby shops. Six cards per pack, but it's kind of interesting to, to see how each team is doing it. Um, they're not going to do the, the giveaways the same. Majority of the teams, you know, 30 baseball teams, majority of the teams are going to give it away to all fans. That's perfect. You know, no limits. You don't have to be the first 20,000 there, first 10,000 or 5,000 or whatever. If you attend the game, you get a pack of cards. As as I was posting information for this article yesterday, I actually went and checked the promotional calendar for each team. So I checked all 30 MLB teams, you know, from Arizona all the way down to the Washington Nationals. And of the 30 teams, let me count real quick, I think 20 had announced the promotion. So two-thirds. Yeah, so 20 of the teams have already announced promotion, and it varies. You know, Arizona is the first 20,000 fans. Um, the Atlanta Braves are the first 40,000. Baltimore, Chicago White Sox, the Reds, Indians, Rockies. Uh, those are all fans. Detroit, kind of run through these real quick. So all fans will get a pack of cards on <clears throat> excuse me, on that specific day that that team chose. Um, so let me go through real quick. All fans will get a pack for the Orioles, Reds, no, excuse me, Orioles, Reds, Indians, White Sox, Rockies, Tigers, Angels, Dodgers, Brewers, Mets, Yankees. And that is it for all fans. Um, Arizona is going to be the first 20,000. The Braves are the first 40,000. The Royals are first 40. Uh, the Giants are the first 40,000. The Mariners are first 20. St. Louis will be the first 30. The only ones that are really – there are three teams of the announced ones that are doing it a little bit different that you'd want to pay attention to. Uh, the Houston Astros are actually going to do it on August 9th. It's going to be the first 10,000 fans. So that one's a little bit limited. Um, the Pirates are actually going to do it on August 5th. And I don't have a calendar in front of me, but based off of the fact that it's for kids 14 and younger, I would imagine that that's a Sunday game because the Pirates usually do all kids promotions on Sunday. Uh, let me check real quick. Yep, Sunday, August 5th. So the Pirates are only giving the packs away to kids 14 and younger. And the one that I found most intriguing that I was actually a huge fan of is the Toronto Blue Jays. Their promotion is actually going to be August 10th, so the day before National Baseball Card Day. They are going to give it away to the first 45,000 fans on exit. So I've never been to a promotion where it was on exit. Usually it's you get your stuff as you go in and you have to carry it around the whole game. I thought this was awesome by the Blue Jays. I think for one, you know, you're not going to have trash in the stadium. You're going to have trash in the street, I would imagine. But 
maybe from their perspective, they're thinking probably going to have trash that we don't have to worry about now, but 45,000 fans on exit, you know, those kids, those parents, those collectors, they don't have to carry it around the whole game. They don't have to worry about it getting messed up or spill a drink on it or anything like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. I've never seen that before. So Toronto Blue Jays, kudos to you. First 45,000 45, fans on exit. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, so there aren't a ton of details about National Baseball Card Day 2018. However, if you look at some of the pictures, you can definitely see that there are autograph cards, and it looks like the autographs are stickers. But from the pictures... There is a Noah Syndergaard, there's a Shohei Otani, and I want to say there was somebody else, but I don't have the picture in front of me. There are autographs of those players, Um, and with last year, there were actually inserts that resembled a different year, and I can't remember what the year was off the top of my head, Um, but it was an 80s year. So there are, and those were different. The, the ones that you would get at the stadiums were different than the ones in the hobby shops. So there, last year there was a huge checklist of all the players involved, all the inserts, the autographs. Uh, you know, it's not just your standard one card per team, you know, just to make sure every team was, was represented. This is a huge checklist and can kind of be a daunting task for somebody that would want to try to put the set together uh, because there were – you know, seven or eight players per team. But if you're only getting one pack of six cards, then you're trying to buy them on the secondary market, on eBay, make trades, you know. So it's definitely a good concept. I like that you can't just go to one store, show up, pay five bucks or whatever, and you get your one pack of cards, you're done. Everybody gets the same pack. I love the fact that it is spread across all the teams. It's different dates. So if you are in an area kind of like me, you know, I'm kind of in the Pittsburgh area, but if I wanted to go to Baltimore or DC, you know, it's three, three and a half hours, I could kind of make the trip. Cleveland is three and a half hours. I like that they're not all on the same day, but I also kind of dislike it because it kind of takes away from the national baseball card day feel because everything is a little bit spread out. But as the collector to me likes the fact that if I actually wanted to make the trek to another stadium, I could do this promotion once or twice, you know, maybe three or four times if I really had the time and the money. So I think it's a great concept by tops. I love that the teams are involved. We'd love to see it continue. Uh, Keep checking the blog, the steelcityscoop.com. We'll get you more information on that whenever it comes available. But for right now, that's what we have. Before I go into the next thing, I definitely want to remind everybody, you know, follow the blog, steelcityscoop.com. Once you get on the main page, you can subscribe on the right. Everything also gets posted on Twitter and Facebook, so you can follow there. Maybe you don't want to get the emails. That's fine. You know, everything gets posted to Twitter and Facebook. Some things get posted to Instagram. They're a little bit uh, finicky about their photos, but everything is definitely going to be on Twitter and Facebook. So even if you don't want to check out the blog, check out Twitter and Facebook, um, follow us on there. Not only are we going to have news, but I I will post, you know, random polls uh, just to kind of get some involvement, see what people are thinking, 
you know, the other day I asked um, which players were the most loyal, you know, and the four that I gave were, I think, Ripken, Gwynn, Chipper Jones, and who, I can't remember who the fourth person was, but it was, you know, it was interesting to see, well, why wasn't Derek Jeter on the list or why wasn't Robin Yount on the poll and, you know, only four slots for the poll, but it's interesting to get people's feedback and it starts conversations. And, you know, I love hearing what people have to say um, about sports and the hobby and everybody has an opinion and it's kind of interesting and fun to just share things back and forth. All right. So the last thing I think I'm going to talk about today, and then we'll wrap it up, um, is the Major League Baseball Rookie of the Year. So the voting obviously hasn't officially been done. Um, There was an early vote by, let's see if I can find what it says. There was an early vote this week, 37 voters, and this is from Richard Justice of MLB.com, 37 voters to see who would be the rookie of the year for the American League and the National League. And honestly, I I don't know why looking at the numbers, and I guess I just didn't think too much into it, but I was really surprised as to who would be the rookie of the year if it was announced today. Um, for the American League, with 177 points, which was a first-place vote is worth five. So not going to do the math here real quick for you, but the maximum you could get was 185. Glaber Torres of the Yankees got 177 points out of 185, so he would definitely be the landslide, um, not the unanimous, but definitely the landslide winner for the American League Rookie of the Year. Second place, Miguel Anyhar actually got 80 points, out of a possible 185. And then surprisingly to me, Shohei Otani got 71. Um, I realize he's on the disabled list. Nobody knows what's going to happen the rest of the year is a possibility he could be out. You know, it's, it's this big mystery that the angels are trying to contain. Excuse me. But I felt like with his name value and as hot as he's been, you know, in the hobby, and I realize the voters aren't concerned about the hobby, but I really thought his name value would get a little bit more credibility in the voting. I thought he would get more than 70, 71. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, but Glaber Torres, looking at his stats, he has. 14 home runs, 35 RBIs, he's batting just under 300 in 182 at-bats. Looking at the numbers, it's not surprising, excuse me, it is not surprising that he's going to be most likely going to be the rookie of the year. You know, as a Yankee, I was a little surprised that Miguel Anior had so many points. Uh, I thought he would be more in the 40-50 range. Um, but from a card perspective, Glaber Torres is definitely popular. Um, if you look on eBay and his sold items, the second item that pops up as of right now, or at least when I pulled the page up, 
2018 Bowman, Glaber Torres, Yankees, Bowman Scouts, top 100. It's the one-on-one Super Fracker autograph. It's not even a rookie. It's, you know, depending on who you're talking to and how they classify rookie cards, his first Bowman was 2015, so you're talking three years later. It just sold for ten grand. You know, so this 2018 Bowman autograph one of one, it's an insert super fractor. It's not even the traditional Bowman Chrome or Bowman Draft Super Fractor. This is an insert of the Bowman Scouts Top One Hundred. Sold for ten thousand dollars. And it actually sold yesterday. Looks like late last night. So that is a, a new high dollar sale coming through. It'll be inter- interesting to see if that one actually <coughs> is paid or falls through or what's going to happen. But that one definitely surprised me. But from rookie card perspective, his rookie cards or his probably most desirable cards are going to be from 2015 in the Bowman Chrome. If you get his 2015 Bowman Chrome autograph, it's, you know, the first Bowman. It's in a Cubs uniform, so that'll be good for some and disappointing for others. But, you know, even as a raw card, um, it's selling 340, 300. There's some graded versions. There's a nine that was a best offer of in the 300 range. If I can find some others here. Those all look like best offers, but, you know, just for the base autograph to be 300, 340, you know, that's impressive for a non-graded or an ungraded, I guess you could say, card to get that much. Um, Other popular ones for him, 2017 Bowman Chrome. I think that's his first Yankee. No, 2016 is his first Yankee card for Bowman. Uh, The 2017, for whatever reason, in my opinion, seems to be more popular than the 16. So it looks like if you get the 17 or the 15, that's probably where uh, the most valuable Glaber Torres cards will be. If you switch over to the National League, this is the one that really surprised me. Um, Walker Bueller, pitcher from the Dodgers, had 139 points. And I, you know, I, I can't disagree with his points in his voting. You know, he is, I think, four and one, um, 263 ERA just over 51 innings pitched and 54 strikeouts. So he's averaging over barely, but over one strikeout per inning. Um, His whip is 0.95. He's only given up 11 walks. So his strikeout to walk ratio is about five to one. You know, so I totally understand the voting and the numbers on that. However, The things that Juan Soto is doing for the Nationals as a 19-year-old are just just unbelievable. Uh, I and I I hate to say it, you know, as a Nationals fan myself and a huge Bryce Harper fan, I don't want to see Bryce Harper leave the Nationals. However, 
I think for that team, for the organization, for the fans, for the front office, I don't think Juan Soto being as productive as he's being and doing everything that he's doing for that team, I don't think it could have come at a better time than right now when there is a huge chance that they could lose Bryce Harper. You know, not often do teams lose their best player, you know, one of the best players in the league, arguably, and then have somebody that can step right in and take his spot as, you know, not only the number one player on the team, the most popular player on the team, but one of the most popular possibly going forward, but one of the most popular players in the National League or all of baseball, if his little hot stretch keeps going. Um, you know, his debut technically was May 20th, and although he does have a game in the record books as May 15th because it was a makeup, he is 19 years old. He's been in the league for roughly a month. He has 108 plate appearances in 28 games, so 92 at-bats because he does have 16 walks. So 92 at-bats, he has six home runs, 16 RBIs, 16 walks, and is batting 326. So he has six home runs in 92 at-bats, so that's roughly one every six at-bats. That's a pretty good, you know, that's not that I expect him to keep that up over the course of his career, but that would be that would definitely be Hall of Fame worthy. And I'm trying to think. I want to say that when Bonds was hitting his home runs, I want to say that his um, ratio was one and eight, one and ten. You know, so one and sixteen. It's still a little ways away, but one in 16, you're still going to get probably 30 a season out of him, you know, and as an everyday outfitter, that is, that is impressive, you know, and he's not, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's six one, 185 pounds, according to baseball reference, you know, 19 years old. And if he just keeps getting better, his peak seasons are going to be, you know, six or seven years from now. So, he definitely has time to mature and keep learning, learning the sport, learning the ins and outs of Major League Baseball. And don't forget, this guy skipped trip away altogether. So Juan Soto has definitely taken over the Tops Now cards. Um, Otani definitely was the man early in 18, just like Judge was in 2017 with Bellinger for tops now. But Juan Soto has definitely taken over that spot. And the nice thing about Juan Soto is he doesn't have a ton of cards before 2018. Um, You can go back to 2015. He's in uh, Panini Elite Extra Edition. He's in there. Can't remember. Trying to look it up real quick. I don't think he has any autographs. No, no autographs, but he does have numbered parallels and die cuts. Uh, but his card that you really want to get is going to be the 2016 Bowman Chrome autograph. Right now, I think ungraded autographs, I think, are going for 
there's one that sold for 349 I was going to say 250 so they've definitely even gone up a little bit since I last checked uh, there's a refractor out of 499 that went for 550 it's definitely the hottest player and it's definitely helping his case that Vladimir Guerrero is on the shelf for probably about three more weeks till they decide exactly when he's going to come back. I think initially he was on the DL for four weeks. Uh, he was the hottest player in minor league baseball. Then Soto came along. Vlad got injured. Now all eyes are on Soto. I think he'll eventually overtake Walker Bueller for rookie of the year. And I think you're going to look at Torres and Soto as your rookies of the year for 2018. But if you're looking to buy cards, you're going to go back to probably 15 to get Torres in a Cubs uniform or 17 to get him in the Yankees. It's just my opinion, but I think the 17s are more popular than the 16s. Um, Soto, you're going to go back to 2016 Bowman Chrome. Nice thing about that is even if you don't get Soto, you have a chance for Vlad. So you can get some Vlad Jr. autographs, but that's a that's a hot product. That's an expensive product right now. Soto's also in 2018 Bowman, so I'm sure the prices on 2018 Bowman are simmering down a little bit with Otani uh, on the shelf. But Soto's in here. He's got all the parallels: the mojo, the camo, the blue. Uh, I don't know if there's a blue. I said blue, and I was looking at purple. So purple refractors. You know, he's got the inserts. He's got the Bowman Scouts. Um, he's got, like I said, he's got the tops now. But if we're looking at pack issue, you're looking 2018 Bowman. He's actually in 2018 Pro Debut. Um, 2018 Tops, or excuse me, 2017 Tops Heritage Minor League Baseball is another option. He does have some color parallels. I want to say there was an autograph in there. Double check that real quick. Mm, there's a green out of 50. No, the autograph that I saw was a uh, in-person autograph, so I apologize for that. But that is, you know, another cheaper alternative. He's in his Hagertown Suns uniform, so it kind of does look like the Nationals kind of so it doesn't you know stick out like a sore thumb with sore thumb with your Soto collection because he's in a green and blue or a green and purple minor league uniform because they've got some crazy uniforms down there so not a lot to choose from because he did make his path through the minors so fast kind of helped his case with cards and I think in my opinion that's going to help with collectors because there's really only two or three things to pick from most likely your Bowman Chrome from 16 and Bowman from 18, but then his 18 stuff is going to continue. Uh, he had the pro debut already, and I would imagine he'll probably be in tops update, not in top series two, but good chance he'll be an update. So um, rounding out, the National League Rookie of the Year, they actually had Brian Anderson as number three. And I think, personally, if you're not familiar, Brian Anderson is with the Marlins. 
Um, third base and outfield. It's very, very good numbers right now. Um, 284 at bats for the season, four home runs, 36 RBIs. He's batting 299, so he's right around the 300 mark. Unfortunately for him, I think had Soto not been here, I think he would have had a really good chance to contend with Bueller for Rookie of the Year. But I think Soto is just going to overtake that. You know, it's not even going to be a question here in a few weeks. Uh, I think he'll just pull ahead of the pack and no no looking back as long as he doesn't get injured. So look for Soto and Glaber Torres to be your rookie, rookies of the year. Start buying their Bowman cards and, you know, get them while they're cheaper. I won't say cheap, but I will say cheaper than what they're going to be because they're going to go through the roof here pretty soon. Uh, that is, of course, you know, for Torres, that is, of course, you know, it depends on Otani what's going to happen, but I can't imagine he's coming back. He's on a 10-day DL, which started on the 8th. Um, so it's kind of hard to see or predict what's going to happen with Otani. The Angels are definitely being, I don't want to say secretive, but they're definitely being quiet um, as to what they're going to do with him and how they're going to use him going forward. Nice thing with him is he can hit, he can pitch, so if all else fails and his arm is, you know, not necessarily done, but not going to be the same, he can always go back to being a full-time hitter. So, all right, guys, like I said, I am going to keep this a little bit shorter today. Probably for the most part, we're going to keep it around an hour. That'll at least be the goal. It kind of depends on the guests and what's going on, if anything's hot, but, in the future, going to look to do call-in shows, live chats during shows, um, guests, of course, um, anything to keep it new and exciting. I don't want to do the same format every week. I want to keep it interesting. Send me, you know, topics. Send me topics that you would like to talk about, that you would like to hear about, that you would like me to ask you know, Panini or Tops or Leaf or whoever that we can eventually get on the show, send me questions, send me topics. Um, if I have to get somebody specific for your topic, I'll do the best that I can. But, you know, we want to make this as interactive and, and as interesting as possible, you know, for the, for the listeners, for me, for us, you know, I want to make this something that I would listen to on a regular basis. I don't want it to be just something that's put out <laughs> to be put out. So this is for you, but it's just, you know, the Still City Scoop, the Still City Collectibles version. Any suggestions that you guys have, any feedback that you have, you know, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, tag SCC Trading Cards, let us know what's going on, what you're thinking, and we will do the best that we can. This is planned to be an every Friday podcast. Um once this recording is done, you should be able to find, at least shortly after, you should be able to find the link on iTunes, Stitcher, um, possibly SoundCloud. I'm not sure on that one. You know, Overcast, all the podcast apps, everything should be uploaded to all those, at least by the end of the day. We want to make this as accessible as possible for everybody. So look for it there. You can subscribe give it a listen and give us a review. It's always nice to get the five-star ratings and reviews. It helps the podcast 
grow. It helps us go up the charts and it helps us be more easily found when searching for, you know, baseball card, hobby, um, hobby related podcasts, football cards, basketball cards, the whole deal. So like us, review us, follow us, the whole, the whole shebang. Uh, we want to be the number one podcast for you guys and for all the collectors out there. So until next time, guys, um, enjoy your weekend. Next week is a big week for releases. I think there are 10, 11 products coming out next week. So pay attention over on Twitter for SCC trading cards. I'll be listing some of the new products and what's going in the boxes, what you can expect to pull, um, maybe some top picks. So follow us on Twitter, SCC trading cards, follow the blog at stillcdsoup.com. And then, of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. And thanks, guys. Have a good weekend.